Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. Uh, we have, you know, we don't even call him by his name. We just call him the killer. That's what we do. We don't like, and we appreciate him come, you know, taking time out of his 15 bajillion things that he's doing uh, to come talk to us. Mr. Adrian Salazar. How you doing, my brother? Great, man. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure. Dude, guys, this... Uh, this is my this is my dude, man. This is my guy. I've had conversations with this dude at like 4 a.m. when I was out in the desert and he was still working and back in Texas. So, you know, like-minded individuals. But we, we've had you and your partner on the podcast before. I wanted to have you back on because a lot of things have changed. You've done some traveling, which uh, I'm excited to, to kind of see how you felt about all that. But Kind of give us a like I don't know a brief overview and kind of where you are currently, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure. So uh, I mean I think as last time we spoke, uh, going to grab my charger real quick. Um, we were I guess in the process of buying uh, Plaza Real, which is an eighty-eight unit apartment building. Um, finally closed on it at the end of last year. Uh, did a couple more closings in last year. So. Uh, started off this new year with, uh, you know, some some good capital, invested it in some other apartments um, and, you know, went on and took my trip. I went on a on a 45 day you know trip to just kind of, you know, get out and, and, you know, recuperate and get myself back together. You know, this is that was something I've always wanted to do um, and came back and we're, you know, really just running a lot of operations right now. We're we have a portfolio of about 140 units now. Um, with, you know, another 200 coming under contract. So we're really trying to refine our systems when it comes to operations since we're vertically integrated um, and really just, you know, progress with our business plans on, on all of our properties. So uh, that's kind of where we are now, you know, growing the team, you know, getting everybody motivated and leading by example is kind of the things going on right now. You know, it's kind of that thing that everybody wants to do. They want to have the business and they want to travel. And there's a lot of people that don't, let's say they wait till they're like 40 or 45 or 50, like till they have like, you know, millions in the bank. Right. And all that stuff, like kind of, why was it so important for you to, to take that opportunity now, even though you had so much going on and uh, just kind of why it meant something to you. Sure. And, and I think, uh, you know, what really helped me do that is also my business partner um, and the team that we have, here established already uh, allowed me to go out and even just decide that I wanted to do it. You know, I think before it was always on my vision board. It was always something that I wanted to do, but, you know, for me to leave the business for a month and a half, you know, I need to really have the team down. I need to really have the systems down. So I felt really comfortable to be able to do that. Um, and it's always something I wanted to do. And, and, you know, it was, it felt really good to be able to put my phone aside for a little bit. There was places without signal. It was, you know, I was in the middle of the Galapagos Islands without any, you know, signal. So uh, the team was running around for me and, 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 you know, doing things that, you know, I had trained them to do while I was here, you know, and I prepared myself for, for that trip. 
Well, it's interesting, right? And I was talking to someone about this the other day, like as high achievers or like type A personalities, like, you know, somebody said, stop like making excuses for it. Like, just let it be what it is. And that's who you are. I almost feel like we have to force ourselves in certain situations to give ourselves the permission to turn it off. Like I I have a guy that comes in once a week now and he does like massage, like body work and stuff. And like, it's probably the only part of my week that for an hour and a half, my phone is down. I close like three loops in my mind. I built a business yesterday when he was here. I built like three businesses in my mind and like mapped it out. (laughs) But, But for me, it was good. But did you find like, like I'm the type of person, like I have to go so far away from where my stuff is. Like, I, I know like South America and Brazil was amazing, but, but it almost like, is there some part of you that it almost like forces you to turn it off just to touch? For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was one of those things that I was, it was more of um, like a gratitude. I was just really grateful for everything. You know, there was a lot of times that I just paused and, and, you know, I just looked at where I was at. I just really looked at, you know, everything in my life. And it was a, it was a huge feeling of gratitude, um, which made me feel really, really good. So, you know, it, it's just, it's one of those things that you kind of have to celebrate your wins. You know, a lot of people say they want to travel when they close their deal or that, you know, they want to, you know, take a trip when they close their deals and they don't do it because then another thing gets tied up and another thing, another deal comes, you know, another property so uh, you just never really find that time. But if you, you know, if you reward yourself, you know, for your hard work, I think, you know, when you really realize uh, you're, you're, you're feeling a sense of gratitude, I think is, is the main feeling that I was feeling at that time. Now, whenever I eat, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner, I put my phone aside. So I, like you said, I, I have, uh, you know, 45 minutes of just kind of me, you know, by myself, letting my mind flow. And it's very needed. Um, all that stuff is needed to, to be able to pause for a little bit. And, and that 45 day pause really helped me a lot. I came back fired up. Yeah, no. And what's, what's wild is like anybody that's listening to Adrian. Now you're like, Oh, this kid's like, you know, whatever you got lucky or whatever, like homeboy's been crushed, been rocking since 17, you know? And so the reason that this, the reason that this conversation is happening, the reason that he's, you know, happy to sit is, is like, we're trying to give hope, you know, which I probably speak to about two, uh, two a week to a young 18 year old or 19 year old getting started and going, you know, in a short amount of time with the right amount of focus and the right amount of people surrounded to you, you know, you can create, and, and, you know, John was talking about you on the podcast. I just interviewed him last week and he was like, Adrian, Adrian walked in coachable, he asked questions. He said to this day, he still asks questions. And look, as high achievers and pushers of people and, and drivers of our own self, you know, there's a lot of what we don't need the answer to. But like when I'm sitting in a conversation on Saturday with a dude who's worth $50 million, like I'm asking questions. Like yeah. homeboy, homeboys rake, homeboys rake in 300 k a month and residual income. Like I got questions, (laughs) you know, but, but then, but then, but then you have young dudes who just want to like front and I'm like, dude, just, just be humble. Like there's no need to spray what you're doing. It like I, as much as you document what you do, I feel like you also kind of work in silence too. Like you're not the guy that needs the flash. And so like, where did you get that from? Like, just kind of like, it's like almost like a humble aggressiveness. I, if, maybe if that's even a word, but I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of, you know, 
people putting too much effort in those things. I think, you know, people invest a lot of energy and effort into faking it or trying to impress somebody that, you know, really doesn't, I mean, they, they have no toll in my life. They have no effect on my life. Why should I want to try to impress them? You know, I think for me, when I post on social media or when I'm on social media, it's for branding purposes. Mm -hmm. It's not to impress anybody. It's just, you know, content creation. Sometimes I'm so busy that I forget, or, you know, I just, I'd rather, you know, come out of the dirt, you know, I'd rather come out, you know, six months later with 850 units and people ask me like, what were you doing? You know, I'd rather, I'd rather that happen. And that will fire me more up than people actually coming along, you know, on my journey. I, I just, you know, I a, I'm, I'm that type of person. And, uh, I, I like to catch people while they're sleeping. <laughs> I have a, a really good friend who's a high level marketer and he does everything for big companies and, and we had like a talk like a couple of weeks ago and like, and I'm, you know, trying to get the YouTube dialed in and all this stupid shit. He was like, listen, you need to calm down. He was like, marketing is really simple. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is so uncomfortable. He was like, well, what have you done? And I like listed off like, well, I've done this. And like, I've lost this much weight. And like my coaching clients are happy and you know, all this shit. Right. And he's like, okay, okay there you go. You're good. Like that's all you need. <laughs> he goes, he goes, yeah. your results are your marketing. So if that's the case, then you should never have to feel uncomfortable about it because all you're doing is basically regurgitating what you actually have done. Yeah. Instead yeah. of like per se, like instead of putting in perception what you what you haven't. And I think that's yeah. where everybody gets it twisted. Yeah. Yeah. And to follow up on on what you were saying earlier about, you know, those those young, hungry, you know, people who want to come into the game. Uh, you know, they're, they have to be asking the right questions. I think I get a lot, you know, asked a lot on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, through messages on the, kind of the same simple questions I've heard all my career. You know, I want to get started in real estate. How do I buy my first house? Do you recommend flipping it, financing it, you know, Burr method. I mean, they're, they're, they're asking me for the recommendations on what they want to do. And it's just like, well, I mean, what do you want? Right. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, strategies in real estate, but I think, you know, asking the right questions to someone who you want to learn from is important um, and doing your own research and you know, do the research in the beginning as much as you can. Get a little bit of information. Don't pick up all the books. Go out and knock doors, cold call. I mean, the highest, the highest, I mean, I won't go around it. The highest value activity in, you know, starting off finding deals is call, call owners, like drive around, get in front of them, call them. Like there's no cheaper way. There's no better way but people still make excuses for that. So, I mean, I'm kind of just sick and tired of all the excuses and I just either don't respond or, you know, send a long ass voice message and, and that's it. And hope that they, you know, take action on that. But uh, yeah, I think it's I, important to just take massive action on that stuff. Can't tell you how many, how many guys will DM me and they're like, they're like, I'll do anything to like, you know, like take 30 minutes of your time. And like, I'm like, okay, I'll schedule it. And then they don't show up to the meeting. And I'm like, dude, I, I could be the guy that introduced you to the guy that could change your life, but you're not willing to put in the effort. Like I'm done. And like, yeah. if you think that you're going to get me again, like you're, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you know what I try to tell everybody? God, I don't want to sound conceited. Let me see. No, man. You're no, no, no. You're just... no, no, no. But what I'm saying is like, you better get David Goggins while he's cheap, bro. Like, yeah. you know, like, because here's yeah. the thing, like, Here's what people don't understand. As many people as I coach for real, I also coach a small percentage for free. 
And like, why are those people being coached by me for free when I cost this much? It's because they've added value to my life. Like I, there's value in them that they're giving me, maybe who knows what they're giving me or like if they're in recovery or whatever, like, but, but, but where we get, where we get it twisted in the, in the young mind is that every dollar is created equal. Like every situation is created equal. None of it. Like even when you talk to like big dogs, right? Where you need them to invest. So like, okay, let me know when that deal comes in. They don't want like, they don't care about this thing. Like, because each deal carries a different weight. Each situation carries a different weight. But we don't look at things like that. We want a broad stroke, everything. Doesn't work that way. Yeah. No, not at all, man. Not at all. So guys, I want to share a story with you. Just how savage Mr. Uh, Salazar is. So when I got divorced, and I got back to Texas. I met with the guy. And um, yeah, it was right when I got back from Texas and business had kind of been whatever. And I'm still going through a divorce. Like it was pretty fresh. And um, you were like, you said to me straight up, you probably don't even remember. You said, listen, all that's great. Like, like, yeah, I, I can get that that's very stressful. But like, what if you took all the energy you had and you drove that into your business. Like, what would that do to your business? And then right after that, I took all that stress and energy and I drove it in my business and, and then grew my coaching business to, you know, enough to sustain me and then continue past that. And so, you know, it was a very wise advice from a, from a young guy to kind of like kick me in the, in the teeth. And that's what you need with your circle. That's what you need with the people around you to say like, listen, dude, I get it, bro. This fucking sucks, bro. You you know, but like, what if you were to stop focusing on the negatives and you were to take the negatives and you were to put it into the positives. And so, you know, I just wanted to tell you that I'm forever grateful for that conversation. Yeah, absolutely, bro. And I think, you know, it, we have to, cause th- there will be negatives like that. There will be a lot of things going on in our life, but we have to just be aware and we have to accept that feeling that we're feeling. I think a lot of people try not to accept the way they're feeling and it just kind of, you know, throws them all different directions. Accept the way you're feeling. You know, why are you feeling that way? And know that you can change it, you know, and 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 knowing that you can change it. How do you change it? Well, put yourself in a different state. I mean, you know, go out for a run, eat, you know, eat cleaner, go to the gym, you know, go to the properties, get in your car, take a drive, you know, do different things that'll put you in a different state but being aware of the way you feel and then just kind of transmuting that energy into, you know, like you said, the business, uh, I think can really take you to heights that, you know, you've never dreamed of. So. No, I couldn't agree more. And what I want to do, if you would placate me for a little bit and, and you don't have, I mean, this, this fucking, I, I probably told the story to like 60 million people. Cause I think it's a story of fucking, I think it's like should be written about in the history books of how you don't give up on a fucking deal and the fortitude. So, you know, kind of lay the groundwork, put us through this fucking crazy ass story, dude, guys buckle up. Cause let me tell you something. (laughs) There's a lot of you giving up on life or your dreams or your goals. And I hope this, I hope that this story can give you fucking some inspiration. Sure. So talking about the 88 unit, me flying. Okay. So, uh, I mean, backtrack a little, I guess, two years ago, we got a lead for an 88 unit apartment complex, um, in McAllen that was, you know, 70% occupied, you know, we couldn't make the numbers work. And so we ended up passing on it. Um, and then, you know, fast forward a year and a half, um, we followed up with, you know, with the owner and it's still same condition, 70%. And we couldn't get a loan on it. We can, we couldn't get an agency you know, loan on it. The loans that we like to get cheapest ones. 
Um, so we ended up, you know, negotiating with the owner to go in there and, you know, pick up all the rents. So get all the units, you know, back up rent ready, uh, brought our management team, um, leased about 20 units in, you know, 12 days. And we got it up to like 93% and finally went under contract. Um, so, you know, it was our biggest raise yet, 2.2, $2.3 million. Um, so we're going, you know, hitting the phones, hitting the phones running and, and trying to get a lot of investors to invest with us. Um, and during that time, we were also, you know, doing acquisitions, marketing. Um, so we ended up finding another off-market opportunity here locally. It was a 33-unit uh, you know, apartment complex that we ended up getting under contract. Uh, at the same time, we're raising money. So, you know, looking for a buyer for this next deal, found the buyer, got under contract. I mean, you know, I don't have to explain the wholesale process, but it's definitely one that you have to stay on top of. You have to get, you know, it's a, it's a whole nother job of itself. So, um, you know, when, while I was doing that, we're raising money and, um, you know, long story short, you know, the, the owners, we, we needed to extend the contract. They extended it one time. We needed to do it again. They didn't want to do it again. And we we're supposed to close, um, you know, when was it on Thanksgiving day? I think it was supposed to be closed. But since it was Thanksgiving, uh, you know, according to the contract, Monday was the day that we were supposed to close. You know, we lose the earnest money. So I think it was, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday. When how, much, we just, how much earnest money was on the table? $54,000. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and, and more, because we had the loan, the loan, you know, team. We had the legal team, you know, upfront deposits. I mean, it was almost a good $90,000 uh, total. So, you know, Tuesday, the owners are telling us they didn't want to extend the contract. The attorneys got involved and, you know, we're just kind of like shit out of luck. And, you know, next day, Mauricio and I are just freaking out. You know, we, we're going to have to return all the investors money. You know, we put in so much work into this deal. It was a good seven or eight months of, you know, raising money before we got it under contract to close. So it was a good long time. Um, and I mean, again, also during all of this, we're, you know, doing this wholesale deal. So, uh, so basically the owners, you know, reached out to us and said that they're not going to extend and that was it. And Wednesday came along and everyone kind of gave up and said, I mean, we're going to lose some, you know, and we're just going to have to take L's, you know, big dogs have to take L's too. And that kind of didn't really sit well in my head. Um, you know, it was late at night. It was probably 10 o'clock at night. And I mean, everyone left, I was by myself and I said, I'm going to get to Lubbock. So basically one of the owners, uh, the majority owner lives in Lubbock, but all the other guys were kind of just, you know, representing him. Um, so I knew that I, I mean, I didn't have to, I couldn't spend any time on the guys who, you know, were representing him. I needed to get to the main guy, the decision maker. So ended up booking a flight, uh, on Thanksgiving morning at like seven o'clock, uh, to Lubbock one way. And I didn't even have a hotel. I just, you know, wanted to get there. I had maybe one change of clothes and I told myself, I'm not leaving until I find this guy and he's going to have to tell me no in person. I mean, that's, that was my goals to have him tell me no in person. So flew out there, got, got a random hotel, sketchy place, but, uh, whatever, got it done, got an Uber, started finding all his addresses, got, started skip tracing, started really, you know, doing my homework, my background checks, found a lot of family, found a lot of friends. Um, and so, you know, Ubers kind of were freaking out cause I was kind of basically stalking someone. So I ended up having to rent a car. Um, so I rented a car and started, you know, doing my own driving and finally found the guy's house, knocked on his door, 
no one came out. I, I heard people in the house. So I decided to drive a little bit more around, find other you know members in case he didn't open the door again. Came back around second time, maybe like four hours later. Again, I heard someone there, didn't answer. Came back a third time. Finally, his wife answered uh, like at seven o'clock at night on a Friday or Saturday. And I, and they, she opened the door super freaked out because they had just gone by, had, they had just gone by a drive-by shooting. They had just gone through a drive-by shooting about a week and a half before I knocked on their door. And she basically like pointed at the window and she was like, look, this is why I haven't been answering the door. Like you freaked me out. I didn't know you were the Plaza Royale buyer. And sure enough, her bullet, there was bullet holes all in the window. Uh, and I was like, oh shit, like, damn. And I was like, why are you opening the door? And so she was like, Chase not home. Uh, you know, let me call him real quick. Talk to him on the phone. I said, Hey, sir, my name's Adrian. I'm here to talk to you about Plaza Royale. I heard you don't want to extend the contract, but I'm here to, you know, ask you like, why I, I want to know, you know, what the main reason is that you're not willing to extend. He's like, son, you're going to waste your time. Go back, be with your family. It's Thanksgiving. Don't worry about it. I mean, you'll get another one. And I was like, no, I'm not leaving. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm not going to leave back home until you get here. And he was like, okay, tomorrow come by my house and we'll have some coffee. So leave the house, call Mauricio. Like, yo, I think we have another shot, man. Like, you know, we have to come up with any freaking tool in the toolbox that we can use. I mean, if we need to come up on price, can we do it? If not, I mean, what do we need to do? Right. And so he was like, what, like what? Everyone was freaking out. And so ended up like going back, I mean, pulling up computers, pulling up spreadsheets, just really trying to see what we needed to do to make it work and go back to his house. Long story short. And, and I mean, we were there for like seven hours, man, on his dining table. I mean, super strict guy, like all of his business partners didn't know you know, like how I did it because supposedly like no one changes his mind, no one, you know? And so, I mean, I just, I built rapport. We're talking about Airbnbs. We're talking about traveling and that's another, you know, why am I traveling? I mean, now I have, I have things to say to other successful people, you know? And so we started talking about traveling, Airbnbs, real estate, you know, money management. And I mean, it just went on and on and on for the first five hours. We didn't talk about Plaza Real. And the last couple hours, it was like, all right. So, I mean, we're here. I mean, we're here for one thing and one thing only, right? I mean, so, I mean, he knew what I wanted. I ended up giving him a little bit more money, but we brought him in as equity partner on the deal. So now uh, he's invested about, I mean, I don't know what, 200K on, on the deal. So he's also reaping rewards on there. But I mean, it was a very, very uncomfortable feeling. Honestly, I was very uncomfortable. I think that was you know, I've made more money on other deals than this deal, but this is probably by far my favorite from start to finish, you know, close because of the memory that it, you know, that it left me with and, and what I won, man, what I achieved. And I, I really, I mean, leaving Lubbock back home, knowing that, you know, I got it done. I mean, what else can't I do? You know, like, what can't I do? I mean, you know, and that's what I like to tell everybody, like, you know, you'll be surprised at some of the things that, you know, you can pull out, you, you know, and you just got to believe and you got to be committed. I mean, no one else, everyone was, you know, lost. Everyone was just like, that's it. We lost. And I mean, I turned it around. I didn't want to go to sleep knowing that I didn't do anything I could have possibly done to get the deal back. And so now, I mean, that's our biggest deal to date. It's going amazing. Um, and that put us at 140 units. So it was either going to be buy that deal or go back to like that, you know, small 30 unit guy that I was, you know, so uh, so, I mean, definitely it was, it was, a it was a very uncomfortable feeling, but I think, uh, you know, we got, I got it done for the team and now, you know, not only that, but I mean, we employ, you know, 15 employees, 
There's contractors, vendors, cleaning ladies, AC guys, electricians, all these guys that have a lot of work from, from just this property alone. So I didn't just do it for me. I did it for everybody else involved. What's, what's, what's interesting is, is I'm, I've been forming a theory recently and I almost think that everything that we do doesn't matter. And, and let me hear me out on that. Is that like, what, what I'm realizing is like everything I've been through and everything that I do currently on a day-to-day basis just sharpens who I am as a person. And so if that's the case, then why wouldn't we just try all the time? Like good, bad, or indifferent, right? Like you see dudes, like I have friends who manages like $5 billion, right? And he's watched somebody lose $350 million in a day with a trade, right? And I asked him, I'm like, dude, how the fuck do you like somebody like not like, how do they keep going? And like, don't get me wrong. That guy's like hurt for a little while, but my dude, my dude executes like two, you know, $2 billion trades. Like, you know, it, but, I mean, what I realized is like, you just keep putting yourself in those situations. You just keep not taking no for an answer. You keep, you said it there at the end perfectly. You keep making the deal bigger than you. Yeah. And I, I try to tell every flipper that I meet, if you would reposition the way that you look at your business and say, I'm feeding families, then you would be way less emotional about real estate. Yeah. Right. And I was talking yeah. to somebody that the other day, like, listen, you could say or don't say anything you want about Grant Cardone. I have my own feelings from time to time, but I did finish Undercover Billionaire. And what I took from that entire show was people just need a chance. There's amazing humans out there that don't want to be the CEO, that don't want to be the investor, but you can create jobs within your organization for great people and lead them. And some will leave and some will stay and so on and so on. And when I met you the first time, I told you before I even really knew you, I told you that what you were doing was bigger than you. And you were like, what? And I was like, dude, you're, you're Hispanic. Like, by the way, just so if you haven't realized I'm basically Hispanic. Like, I don't know if you've like, I've let all my Hispanic guys know I'm not really the white guy anymore. I basically hang out with only multifamily Hispanic investors. So I (laughs) I don't know why that's the case, but, but, but what I'm saying is, you know, I had a, an amazing conversation with two young African-Americans today, this morning, who who want to get into real estate and learn. And it has nothing to do with their African-American. But I said to them, I said, what you're doing matters more than what I'm doing. And they're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, because you're showing that community, that, that ethnicity, that it matters. And I can be yeah. the owner and I can be this person. And that's what you're doing. And that's why I literally don't give a fuck how many units you have. But what I care about is how much you care about the people that you care about, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're the ones essentially that drive your business. I mean, you know, I'm not there right now. I'm not at the properties right now. I'm, I'm trusting that they're doing their job and they're doing, you know, what they're told to do and what they, you know, think is right. Right. And, and following the plan, you know, but it's a matter of communicating it right. Because, you know, when you're, when you're operating apartments, I mean, you have a whole team that has, that looks up to you. I mean, what do I do in this scenario? What do I do here? So, I mean, you know, you have to be able to train them and educate them properly. And in return, they get paid good, you know, or they're, you know, they're just, you know, they're respected in, in the marketplace. And I also re- recommend them to like other jobs and stuff if they, if, if they're kind of slow on work. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in there to help them out and they're there to help me out on Sunday. There was like a crazy leak and 
you know, I had to call a plumber on Sunday at eight o'clock at night, uh, go out there and fix it. And because we have a very good relationship and he knows that I'll go, you know, above and beyond for him, he went above and beyond for me. He got it done, fixed the problem. But if I didn't have a good relationship or if I thought about me, 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 me all the time, I promise he, he wouldn't have showed up, you know? So no. I mean, it goes a long way. Yeah. And it's as a CEO and a leader of businesses, my favorite quote that I leached onto two weeks ago that I've said 17 billion times is George Bernard Shaw said the, the greatest problem, the greatest illusion with uh, communication is, or the greatest problem with communication is the illusion that has taken place. And it's at, at the end of the day, just because you're a visionary and just because you're the one that's leading the thing doesn't mean that you properly communicated why we're doing it, why we need it. And I always, I think it's really funny where you told me that like you started like cutting some trees down and you started like painting some areas of the new apartment complex and like all the tenants were like reaching out to you and they're like, holy crap, dude, like it's the first time like, and, and so talk about like, like you're not just buying apartments, like you're creating communities. Like talk about how important it is to you to let the, let the people know, because like you're a landlord, like you're a landlord, whether or not, like, if you're not, if you don't realize that you're a landlord, I don't know what you're doing because those people matter. And the, and the more they matter and the more they think that you care, they're going to stay longer. They're going to treat their place better. So on and so on. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, you know, those are the only opportunities we look for, you know, we look for those opportunities that need that help. So, you know, when we go in there, we already know that, you know, you know, the things that we need to do, the deferred maintenance, we already have a list, we already have everything to go. So the minute we close, I mean, you know, we start, we start with our plan and, you know, there's several residents have already come up to us and said, you know, y'all have done more in the first two, three months than the owners have done, you know, before you guys in the last 10 years. So that, that definitely feels good. Um, but, you know, I still don't see, like, I don't know. I'm one of those that's just never satisfied kind of thing. So like, I'm just like, just wait, like, just wait, just keep on waiting. You guys are going to see this place continue to turn around. I mean, all the lighting that we're planning on doing, you know, all the interior artwork, all the exterior lighting, exterior artwork. I mean, everything, everything, everything is going to be completely different, but it does feel good when, you know, when they come in, you know, to the leasing office and say, wow, like, wow, this looks really nice. And I like, you, you can see the way that they feel very comfortable um, you know, tenants have been there five, 10 years, 15 years. So, you know, and, and them okay paying the rent raises, you know, we we also give them rent raises and they, you know, most of them have said yes, no doubt. So, you know, we go in there and implement our maintenance stuff. Our maintenance team is very good. They handle all the little problems, take care of it quickly. So that's, that's I mean, as long as the whole team's kind of working, all the residents stay happy uh, and in return pay their rent on time, uh, you know, are susceptible to change if we need to implement a new, you know, online portal. They'll, 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 you know, help us with the implementation. Uh, but if you're not fixing their stuff, I mean, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, you know, listen to you guys. So um, it's, 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 it's very important to put them in front of you. Mm -hmm. And how do you like, cause you, you know, you, you, like, how do you stay so locked in? How do you stay so focused every day? Like what's your advice to everybody out there? Like what, like, how do you keep your mind clean of, of the, of the negative BS? I'm just obsessed. I'm just, I, I like really, that's it. I'm, I'm obsessed with this industry. I'm obsessed with what I do. You know, I, I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. You know, I don't, you know, so when you're truly, truly passionate, when you're obsessed with it, when you love what you do, it's very hard for me to get mad. Like, I mean, there's a lot of things that go wrong, but I'm just like, 
dude, it's okay. Like, you know, it's okay. Let's, let's figure it out. Why did it happen? What do we need to do to fix it? You know, instead of talking about the problem for 30 minutes, you know, let's just, Hey, all right, guys, what do y'all think? You know, what, what, what do you think we should do here? All right. Idea one, idea two, idea three ideas. All right, let's, there you go. Now let's start talking ideas instead of the problem. Like it's ruining all the sheetrock. You know, it's going to cause mold. It's going to go behind the studs. We have to rip out all that. So, no, no, no. How do we fix it now? And so, I mean, those are the kind of things that I do, but as far as like how I stay motivated, I just stay focused. I mean, right now I have my, you know, 75 inch TV playing a vision board con- like nonstop right now. I mean, mansions, I mean, travel scenes. I constantly look at that. I'm constantly, you know, building the business, getting it better, hiring new people. I mean, I'm just, I'm obsessed with it, man. And and I want to, I want to achieve, you know, some more things. So, um, and, and the people that are around you, like, like who runs your, who runs your Airbnbs for you? Like, like, like how, how do you handle all this with everything going on? So the Airbnb business is, I mean, I probably show up maybe 92, 93%, sorry, I I'm 93% off of it. So I only do about 10, you know, five to 10% of it. Um, right now we have a virtual assistant who basically communicates with all the residents uh, when they check in, check out, they have house manuals on day three. They send this message on day six. They send this message. Um, very automated cleaning lady has access to the calendar. So she goes in and out. Um, you know, we buy multiple blankets, multiple towels for her to, you know, be able to have clean ones on deck, you know, since since there's a lot of turnover and there's only four hour windows. Um, you know, we, we make sure all that is refilled and all, all it's done. It's a lot of the VA that has to do with it. Uh, and my business partner, you know, pays out cleaning ladies. Um, you know, he, you know, puts the Airbnb listings up. I, I really just kind of help with the initial launch of the unit. Um, and then I'm kind of just hands off. But I mean, right now at this point, it's very hands off. Um, it's it's really just a cash flow machine. We have seven Airbnbs um, and we're looking to add another one by the end of probably in a month and a half. We'll add another one, a house, a three bedroom house. And, those and it's all- generating awesome. Yeah. And those are all in your multifamily units? Uh, no, we have a couple already in another apartment complex uh, that we subleased. So we're paying rent and we're, you know, generating. So you're doing the rent, you're doing the rental arbitrage model. Well, yeah. Then why would you have it in your own apartment complex? Yep. Same way. Same way I have it there. Yep. Oh, so you're renting from yourself basically? I'm renting from myself. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's to keep the occupancy up. So the loan yeah. will be qualified. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no, not necessarily just to be able to pull up a rent roll and, and, you know, show that someone's paying rent there, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I'm paying rent on all the units that I have renovated and I'm paying the premium rent too. So, I mean, I'm how not much, only how helping. Much, how much are you making above the traditional rent in a model like that? You're looking about, about $600 per unit net profit cash flow. So how much, know, uh, how much does it take to furnish it? Like how much are you invested in that since? Uh, 650 square feet, one, one, I spent about five, 6,000 on okay. furniture. Um, and then on a two, two and a half, 1200 square feet spent about nine, eight, eight and a half, 9,000. And then on a three bedroom, two bath, 1400 square feet, I'm thinking about 12 to like 14,000. Um, but I mean, you know, tremendous cash on cash returns. If you look at it on cash on cash wise, if you do the 600 net profit per unit, you know, times 12 and divided by the amount you put in, I mean, you do the math. I mean, it's, you're talking twenties, 25s, thirties, cash on cash. Um, 
And so, I mean, it's a very good business, a lot of turnover. So, I mean, I think, you know, for those wanting to get started in Airbnb, it's fun. It looks sexy, but you need to have a team. You need to have those daily tasks delegated as soon as possible for it to even be something to, to consider, like to scale. Cause I, I mean, I'm trying to scale it, right. I'm, I'm working on scaling it. And the only way to scale the Airbnb business is by having those, those teams in place and those systems down. Um, because it's also based on reviews. So you also want to make sure you're getting quality reviews. Um, but yeah, no, it's doing really well. I mean, right now we're looking to buy more apartments and, you know, continue to do that. So, I mean, I think it's helping me a lot more kind of take a step back now that there's a team involved. I mean, we have five people, you know, kind of running the day-to-day stuff, checking out units, sending me pictures. So a lot of the work that I do now is kind of, you know, behind the screen. Um, but I've done it before, so I can't say that I have it. So whenever I'm training somebody new, I can tell them that I've done it. Um, but it's really just focus. It's a lot of focus too. What is, uh, if I were to say like, who's, who's, uh, who's Adrian at 35? What do you, what do you, uh, I mean, like, what do you like? Seriously? Like, no, I, I'm dead serious. Like all my friends that are young and, and, and highly successful already, like, I'm interested. I'm interested sure. to see, like, they've got like fucking 60 plus years. Like, I'm just, I'm interested to see, like, you know, what, what, like life runs through seasons, not that you'll ever stop investing, but I'm just curious, like, if there's anything that you want to chase down that, that like maybe later on that you like, maybe something that you would want to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm exploring the idea of building an app, actually, uh, you know, a real estate, you know, app where, you know, property management's integrated, uh, you know, construction management integrated, um, investor relations, construction materials, you know, Pinterest, newest models, newest themes. I want that, you know, that kind of hub uh, on an app eventually, probably in like a year, two years, I can probably start building it. Um, and then, you know, eventually sell that, you know, sell, sell, sell some sort of software or app or something that's going to sell for a couple hundred million dollars or something. Uh, that's, that's what I could see, you know, a 10 year goal, 10 year goal, family, you know, house, I, you know, definitely want, you know, the boats and the, the, the choppers and, you know, to continue, uh, you know, giving back to different families across the world as well. I want to continue traveling. I also want to build uh, an ecosystem in like a third world country that, you know, produces on its own solar panels, water systems, you know, virtual TVs, virtual learning, internet, uh, where they can, you know, all the, all the kids and families and stuff can use it as a resource. Well, uh, you've got, you've got your, so you've got I'm going to raise first, that money. I'm going to well, raise got, that money from all my investor friends. Well, you got your first <laughs> investor right here. All right. I'm go. already in. I don't even give a shit. So, uh, all my businesses will kick in a portion to, to do that for sure. There you go. And I'll, I'll yeah. get all my, uh, all my rich friends to take their jets too. So we can fly materials <laughs> over there and stuff. But, uh, I like, I like yeah, you... no, I want some epic stuff, man. I mean, I, I, there's no reason why we shouldn't live an extraordinary life. And, um, and I think that's, you know, that's my goal. Do you ever, you ever watch this? You don't watch TV, but one of my favorite shows is a show called suits and it's these high powered attorneys like that do like, and he's like a very interesting cat that likes to travel. He loves the good life. And he, he says this quote, it's always kind of stuck with me. So, you know, everybody likes to live life here. I like to live life here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things. And then my other show, uh, Billions, he says, what's the point of having to fuck you money if you can't say fuck you? <laughs> <laughs> and 
and at the end of the day, this is an argument that I'll take, I'll take till the day I walk off this earth. All of you want to support and you want to create impact, which can be done, but I guarantee you a lot more of it could be done with a lot of money. And so all my friends want to create businesses and commerce and wealth so they can give it back. And, you know, one of my big, you know, I'll leave that for, I don't like to spread my shit out, but one of my things is like, I want to be able to give back to people. I want to be able to, like, I, like I spent 20 years in the restaurant business. I have met amazing humans that have worked their ass off for years. And all they want is a chance. They just want like a job. They want, or like, you know, they're not looking for a handout. They just want like a, a new opportunity, a fresh start. And if we can do that in foreign countries and we can do that in things and, you know, it's when, when you're, when you're at a place where like, and financially, I'm not talking about financially, but when you're at a place in your life, you know, 38 now, um, th- things hit me different. Like, yeah, I want the businesses and everything, but I actually get way more thrill out of like buying my best friend's like 12 year old, like rich dad, poor dad, like that 13 bucks is the best 13 bucks I've ever spent. And then I make them give me a report back on it. Like that shit makes me so excited. So we have to make sure that when we're, when we're pursuing the dreams and the goals that we want, you know, everybody's so worried about, you know, passion and purpose and all this shit, but like, as Adrian's talking, like, just realize that, like, what gives you energy gives you life. And so if it fills you up, no matter if it's fucking milking goats or fucking flying out of airplanes or buying helicopters, whatever the fuck that is, I tell you what I, what I'm sick of is, and I, and I say this to everybody, let's say that like 26 homeboy over there owns like 300 units and he drives a Lamborghini, right? Let's just say for shits and grits. And you look at him and you go fucking douchebag and, but you don't know him. And let's say that he didn't have a father or his father died when he was 10 and they grew up fixing Lamborghinis together. And that's all he gave a shit about. Like perspective is everything. So stop casting stones on other people, what they value to themselves and just go live your values. And more importantly, let don't think that people are going to live your values. Like what's important to you and what's important to Adrian what's important to you. That's all that matters. And and stop, stop seeking external forces to fill up your value proposition, get clear on what you want and go out and succeed and go out and crush your own goals. Yeah. Look yourself in the mirror. I mean, for you to have time to, to, to point fingers and to, you know, judge other people and, you know, people love talking about people, you know, and it's just, it feeds them sometimes, uh, when in reality they should be talking to, you know, to themselves, you know, have the conversation with yourself, look yourself in the mirror. What do you want in life? Like you said, you know, figure it out. If you haven't figured it out, figure it out. You know, you're wasting time. So, you know, go out there, figure it out what, you know, what it is you want, you know, whether it's real estate, whether it's anything else, just figure it out, commit to it and commit to being successful. I mean, success takes commitment you know, and uh, a lot of it, if you want a lot of success. So yeah, a big old bowl of it. Uh, (laughs) So if people want to figure, find more about your journey, follow your trips and everything, uh, how would they do that? Instagram is probably the best one. Uh, Instagram's the most active for me. Of course, I post on Facebook, but uh, it has my journey too. I mean, you can go back and see me doing house deals and, you know, taking pictures of homeowners and stuff. So 
you know, I like to keep all that raw. Um, and I post every now and then some of the updates on, on the renovations, but you know, you can reach out, you know, send me a good question and I might answer it. Um, but yeah, no, reach out through there or however, but Instagram is probably the best way. Guys, if you like this episode, send it to your friend, share it with somebody that you think you can get some value from it, rate us and review us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.